the people I've lost, you know, I need to do them justice too with my life. Like they've, yeah. they've gone before, like I mentioned, had mm-hmm. a lot of people go before they were 36 and yeah. I owe it to them. And just like I said, from loving myself, I owe it to myself to live the best life I can live and yeah. to live it to the fullest. You are now listening to the Make Something Where You Are podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Houghton. And today I'm interviewing a childhood friend, Molly Baker. This is a really special one who goes for life while living with a chronic illness. It's really, okay. So one of my ideas with this podcast was I'm not entirely interested in just doing a small business podcast or an entrepreneurship podcast. Yes to both of those, but not entirely. And so I'm really interested in people that are like, kind of going for it, making something where they are in terms of like where you are, not just location wise, but where you are in life. And where Molly is, is she has cystic fibrosis. It's this chronic illness and it's progressive and she's going for it. It's awesome. So Molly's family and my family grew up right next to each other. I'm going all the way into the intro. I'm going to wait. Well, okay. So we grew up next to each other and I used to so they had uh three girls we had three boys and a girl and our ages kind of lined up and so I used to play basketball with my brothers against Molly's older sister Julie and their dad and we got very excited about these games and we always think they were going to win until Julie's dad Jim would just decide that shouldn't happen but one time we did beat them and I still I still hold a lot of pride with that All right, before we get to Molly, our sponsors, The Coffee Ethic. The Coffee Ethic has always lived by the simple principle of cup, people, earth. Dedicated to the art and science of brewing, The Coffee Ethic simply knows how to create a great cup of coffee. Did you know I've spent most of my daytime work week hours there? (laughs) It's true. Now offering a subscription service, you can get their coffee shop coffee delivered right to your door each month. Learn more at thecoffeeethic.com and type in the promo code make something at checkout for 15% off of a delicious coffee subscription. And it's also brought to you by 1906 Gents, Springfield's own custom design woodshop. 1906 Gents, offering custom furniture and build-outs for your home or office and more. The 1906 Gents will work with you to create one-of-a-kind, unique quality wood pieces that will stand for generations. The 1906 Gents offers a wide range of woodworking and design services in addition to their own line of furniture and home decor. The 1906 Gents, we build the things you make memories around. All right, so now we're going to get into this with Molly Baker. Like I said, she grew up right behind us, backyard neighbors, and uh, our families were very close. And I've always found her very inspiring. Like at a certain point, I realized, oh, she has to live her life differently than the rest of us. Um, and so, I don't know, I really wanted to talk to her for this. I'm glad I was able to, because, uh, it just kind of hit me that her life is different. So she has cystic fibrosis. It's a genetic degenerative disease that affects the lung and digestive systems. It's progressive and it ultimately affects life expectancy. And Molly is, like I said, so inspiring. I wish I had another word for it. So I went to her house in Iowa City and uh, sat with her and talked. And the way she kind of goes after life and her attitude is inspiring. Like I said, (laughs) inspiring. So she started a writing group my mom is in. Um, She also volunteers with uh, Organization for Sexual Assault Victims. And she does life incredibly. That's a bad way to put it. Anyway, here we go. Here is Molly Bigger. So let's see. You're we're here in Iowa City. Yes. My hometown, your hometown. Yes. And you grew up behind us. I did. The Houghtons and the Bakers. The Houghtons and the Bakers. Uh, playing the dark game, playing mm-hmm. sports. Yes. Capture the flag. Whatever happened to capture the flag? Do kids still play it anymore? I feel like or you're they saying don't. you don't play it anymore. I feel I I want to play it again sometimes. <laughs> I think about that a lot with like doesn't seem like anyone uh, <laughs> does this anymore. And it's right. like, oh, that's because I'm not 17. That, that's because I'm old or as hell 11. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that is the reason. Um, yes, and I did grow up. We, we have a lot of ties. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like it all definitely stemmed from being neighbors. But then like now um, your mom, you may know of, was my dance teacher for a while. That's right. And we do other things together. So yeah. And you had three... There are three of you girls. Yes. There are three of us boys plus our older sister. Yes. They were all about the same age. Brady Bunch. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But I'm the age of your oldest sister, Julie. You're the age of my youngest brother, Scott. Yes. And yet here we are spanning the generations. Here we are (laughs) just making history. Um, And so also like one of my first inclinations in talking to you was um, this writer's group that you started. Yeah. Which I think is super interesting and awesome. Explain what that is. Okay. So um, I actually can't take all the credit for it because, and I just have to like paint this picture. We're like looking outside right now. It's not the most beautiful day, but Mm -hmm. I keep, if I'm not looking at you, it's because I'm seeing the birds. Mm -hmm. We have all these bird feeders and they're so beautiful. And like this little creek in our backyard and, and like some hummingbirds will come up. And so if I'm not looking at you, I'm just looking at you. <laughs> That's fine. I won't, You're boring. I won't be too obsessed. No, but um, to answer your question, I can't take all the credit. Um, your mom actually and I sort of, your mom approached me. Yeah. We did a writing, well, I'll start at the beginning. We did a writing workshop that we both had signed up for um, several years back. And that was great. We did, Local theater, you know, put it on. Mm-hmm. great um, experience, got to do it with some other local people. And then, you know, um, fast forward to last year, which would have been 2018. Um, it would have been like a year ago now. Yeah. Your mom and I talked about um, putting on a writing group, starting a writing group um, that would be very laid back, inclusive for all, yeah. just to gain experience and to do what we loved doing back many years ago at that workshop. Right. And so um, we started this writing group and we spent like a whole, it was like a very one day well spent picking out all these prompts and, you know, writing ideas and things of the that nature. Um, and basically I put an ad, we put up on Facebook and I wrote a little ad, if you will, um, just saying anyone who wants to write, please join us. You know, this yeah. is when our First Wait, meeting. where'd you put that? Facebook. Yeah. You just put it on Facebook? Just public, like just, just my yeah, profile. Yeah. You just posted it. Yeah, I just yeah. posted it. Sorry. So yeah, so we put, we got a pretty good response, you know, and, but I just feel like it's never been about like the writing group is not like, oh, it's a massive amount of people or this or that. Yeah. What's special about it is like the connection we've each had with each other from day one. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. We made it a very, like, this is a safe group. Yeah. You know, to yeah. write about whatever you choose. Yeah. Under, like, you know, you can write about, we give prompts, but you can write about really whatever the heck you want, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I just was hooked from day one. And um, we've we've just got a really good variety, random group of people, like, that saw that Facebook post that really were interested. Um, you know, it's anywhere from, I, I would say I'm the youngest and I'm 36 and the oldest is like in her, I think like 80 Yeah. or, you know, around awesome. that. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's, it's a, it's a spanning a lot of a big age gap, but yeah. it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, really and enjoying it. I think it's cool that it's um, small, but meaningful. Like I'm, I'm interested. I'm often interested in like kind of smaller things, not yeah. things that are like the necessarily these like big, huge things. Like big to dos. Yeah. Yeah. But something that's just like meaningful. Right. And like, for example, one night, one of the members of our group, well, she wasn't a member yet, but I got this phone call, and she's like, "I saw your group that meets at the library. You know, it meets here and there, mm-hmm. and." Um, I mean, I don't want to say where because everyone listening to this, we're just going to have a flock of people right, waiting right, outside right. for us now. <laughs> no, but uh, so she she was like, could I join? You know, I mean, it was someone who we had just saw that we meet at the library, yeah. was looking through the libraries, like different groups that meet and oh, saw funny. I know. So I'm like, it's just people that want to be there too, which makes yeah. a huge difference, I think. Is it all women? No. No, yeah. 
as of recently, no. Yeah. No, because <laughs> you're uh, Ken, your uncle. Oh, did he? Is in, <laughs> I didn't know that. I guess you guys didn't discuss that at a, no. the last uh, family That's get, awesome. get together. No, he just joined and he's amazing. And he, so you guys get a prompt. How's get it a work? Prompt. So we meet, um, we usually meet for like an hour or an hour and a half. And um, we, what we do is pick two prompts ahead of time, mm -hmm. like for the next meeting in advance. And we'll say, write about one or both. And then um, when we arrive, we bring those to the meeting. When we arrive, Leora or I, that's your mom, as you know. Um, yeah, I know her name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we will uh, pick out like an impromptu writing to write yeah. about right then and there at the yeah. beginning yeah. without like talking to each other just for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. We'll share those and then we'll share our writings that we picked out you know, that we had prepared for that yeah. meeting. And we go around and, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been really nice for me. Like, I've, I was telling the people in the group, you know, it's not intentional, but, like, I found it's been a really great outlet for me to write about my health and yeah. certain health issues I have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been just so much to me. Yeah, and I imagine that's, um, there's certain things that kind of, like, so, okay, so when I moved to L.A. like eight, eight years ago for mm -hmm. a year, I ended up being, and, um, and like, <laughs> it was difficult and hard, but I had like a daily blog, which was like partly for other people, but mostly for myself in the yeah. end, which is like, I got to take this thing that's hard and kind of make it my own story. I mean, right. Do you find that some? That you get to like, it's almost like you convert it or it's like something that's happening to me, and then, but I get to like express it however I want. Is that yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there's a, and with these prompts, well, and I can give you examples. I have them downstairs, but there, there's a lot of freedom, you know, yeah. and that's what I like about it. And um, like sometimes you find, there's things inside you that find their way out. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I guess that was in there. Yeah, I guess that was <laughs> in there. And you're like, okay, well, and it's very cathartic for me, I feel like. Yeah the whole experience of writing and it just is, I usually try to write like, um, I do write in my own time as well, like apart from the writing group. Yeah. And I will try to write, like I try to document our family memories because yeah. I am the only one of my sisters like in family who um, doesn't have any kids uh -huh. and I wanna keep like preserve the memories. Oh, and they're awesome. so busy, like, yeah. you know, anyone that's a parent knows how busy you are, how busy yeah. you are as a parent. And I feel like who better to like do that than someone in the family that enjoys writing and then someone who doesn't have kids to like give their take and perspective on like what it's like with my nieces and nephews. Oh yeah. And so oh, like, like for example, like the other day I found myself writing about how <laughs> my niece who we call the sloth because she's only like nine months or no, she's a little less than that. She might in July so I don't know you do the math yeah but uh she's she's little and she only like like certain uh she only likes she flocks to like certain kinds of dolls at her daycare of a yeah. certain skin tone yeah and it's just hilarious <laughs> like why does she do this but it's yeah she's done it time and time you can put like a doll in front of her that's like, you know, African-American and a doll. And it's great. And it's like, we need to document and one that's yeah. white. And she'll always go to the African-American yeah. one. And, you know, we're Caucasian and we're just like, that's so great. Like that she, yeah. it's hilarious though. Like why Inherent. do kids do the things they do, yeah, you know? <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's probably like, you know, a, a poor example, but it's just preserving those memories yeah. and, and, that I have the time to do it, you know? Yeah. Okay, so then um, you mentioned like health-wise. So yeah. explain explain that, obviously, I know. Okay, it, yeah. Like so I have cystic fibrosis. Uh, I was, there's, I don't know where to start with that. I could probably honestly give a 45 minute presentation on it. <laughs> um, it I was born with it, it's genetic. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 11 months old. And um, I just have to start out by saying, sorry, I just took a drink. Um, 
I have to start out by saying I'm grateful and thankful for my mom because uh, the hospital where I initially got diagnosed, um, they did the test wrong and I came out as negative for oh. cystic fibrosis. So then she fought for me and she, I kept getting sick. So they took me to the university then and I, you know, they did the test a couple times and I, it came out positive for CF, uh -huh. which is the short, you know, the yeah, shortened version, of cystic, shortened version of cystic fibrosis. I'll refer to it as CF probably. Um, but so she fought for me and then she told the other hospital, you know, you got to fix this because my daughter has it. And it was, it was, she was yeah. not diagnosed with it. But, um, <clears throat> so CF basically like everybody has a certain amount of mucus and that in their bodies. And with CF, um, we just produce mucus that is a lot more, um, thick, um, more difficult to clear and it affects, um, so many parts of the body, but really where it resides and causes a lot of problems is in the lungs and the GI mm -hmm. tract and like your respiratory system. So like not only your lungs, but your sinuses, um, things like that. So with that thickened mucus, um, infection tends to, you know, tend to happen because, um, the mucus attracts it and all yeah. the bacteria. And so, um, yeah, it, I have a lot of infection and it is a, I have a lot of lung infection. I have a lot of sinus infection, really bad um, bugs. And then I have, you know, um, several issues with my GI tract, like my pancreas doesn't work. So I have um, cystic fibrosis related diabetes, um, you know, a lot of health complications with all of that. Yeah. And it's progressive. It's progressive and it's terminal. So, I mean, in most cases, because of the, I mean, unless you were to be like, I guess, you know, hit by a car or some random or in a car accident, like some random thing, yeah. most people with CF end up, um, being it being terminal. Um, and it is progressive, which as like, I guess I would say as a 36 year old with CF, um, I haven't had a lung transplant yet, which is mm -hmm. very common. Okay. Um, I would say I'm like, that's equivalent to being like in your seventies. Like it's, yeah. I'm kind of an oldie. Yeah, right. <laughs> an oldie but goodie. <laughs> yeah. But, certain parts of your body are old. And yes, certain parts abso are absolutely. Your age. And there's a lot of other things I deal with, like with it. I mean, just to give my little plug about CF, um, like I have CF arthritis. I've had, you know, um, too many sinus surgeries to count. Mm. I've had over 20 that were under general anesthesia but I've also do them every few weeks, like in the chair awake. So Eww. yeah, not <laughs> fun. Um, he uses the, you know, surgical instruments and cleans out my sinuses. And, um, I just have to say, like, I'm so grateful for the doctors and, and the support system that I have. That's one thing I've always actually two things I've always been really lucky to have is access to good healthcare and, um, a great support system. Yeah. I feel like, you know, without a hand to squeeze or without my doctor saying, okay, tell me what your nephew did last weekend when he stayed with you, you know, like uh -huh. those distractions, he knows to like do that now. And, uh, yeah. um, to ask me about certain things to help me like get through the procedure, I guess. Yeah. So, so, so I'm really grateful. Um, how debilitating would you describe it for yourself? Cause it, cause like, I, I like maybe some people listening are like, I know what it's like to get a sinus infection, but it's like sure. the such a different thing, and, and absolutely well upon other issues as a cause of it. I would say I'm good too at like presenting myself and not sounding too sick, yeah, and presenting like a good face, but like on the inside I'm hurting, yeah. Um, like today I almost had to cancel this podcast because uh -huh. my head is hurting, yeah, you know, from my sinuses. Um, <clears throat> now, so I would say. But I will say the one time that my sinus doctor, she did say, I didn't understand your pain. And then I got a bad sinus infection. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I understand like a minute, like a tenth right. of it now. Right. She was like, I have all the respect in the world for you. And then she <laughs> went to Mayo and worked there. So I miss her. Oh, yeah. But, um, but she, she understood, like, you know, she really took, 
And that's not, she really took the time to like appreciate the pain I was going through. And yeah. she's the one that did like got me through those, um, many of those surgeries. Yeah. And um, w- one of which I coded during. What's coded mean? Well, sorry. So like I quit breathing yeah. and my, you know, they had to run a code and give uh-huh. me the drugs and um, pump my chest, like, yeah. you know, do CPR and all that stuff. Man. Um, I don't recall, but I knew something was wrong when I woke up from surgery. I don't recall like them doing all of that to me. Yeah. Um, but I did wake up feeling very different and the, um, anesthesiologist t- had a talk with me then and told me what happened. And oh, when you got up, you could when I was feel like, something was different. I could feel something. I don't know how to explain it. I just yeah. knew something was different with the way they were acting. I think is oh, more yeah. like I knew they were going to tell me something had gone not so routine during yeah. the surgery, just by the anesthesiologist and the doctor's like reactions. Yeah. Didn't you have like a real scare in Colorado? This I did have a big scare in Colorado this year. So one of my sisters lives out in Colorado um, with her family. And I had just gotten... So the one thing with CF is like, I'm going to take another drink because I'm thirsty all the time. I'll do it at the same time. Okay. Uh, the one thing with CF is you're hospitalized a lot to try and go on... To try and keep the infections at bay, you yeah. know, and I'm on a lot of, um, <clears throat> like when I go in the hospital, I get a lot of chest physiotherapy um, to try and like cough the mucus out. A lot of um, an- like heavy duty antibiotics, IV antibiotics. Yeah. I have a port, you know, like stuff like that because I'm in the hospital so routinely. So it's all about getting that stuff out. It's getting right. that stuff out. Yes. And um, it's it's hard though. It's It's only keeping at bay and, and still things are progressing. So it's just, yeah. we have, we've come such a long way in the world of um, advancements for cystic fibrosis, but we still have so long to go. Like yeah. we're still losing people and it's, it's yeah. hard. So it's hard. But, um, but so I went, I had just gotten out of one of those routine hospital stays and thought what better time to go visit my sister in Colorado then now when I'm yeah. feeling pretty decent. And so we made arrangements and I went out there and I actually got really sick. Her, one of her kids had like a virus, you know, mm-hmm. typical kid virus yeah. that was like probably got from daycare. Yeah. And I ended up getting really sick and I know I was out there and I was very out of it. And like she came home one day and I was laying in bed and I either had such a high fever that I had sweat so much or I had wet myself. Uh-huh. And she was like, we need to take you to the ER now. Yeah. And so she had to call. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to a, you know, a hospital I don't know. Like, they're not yeah. going to know my history. She's like, hey, you're coming. Like, Doesn't you're matter. really sick. Yeah. So we went. And I was, like I said, partially out of it. So... Um, she called my doctor and here in Iowa City mm-hmm. and said, where do I take her? You know, there's so many hospitals here in Denver. Denver is actually a really well-known area for cystic fibrosis care, like supposed to be one of the best. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, we went to this hospital that we were told to go to. And I mean, they were like, your, your O2 is sitting at 80%. Like, you cannot leave, you know, we need to admit you. It was very scary. They were like, had your sister not brought you in, this could have ended very differently. And I knew what they meant, you know, and, and that was really scary. And, and, you know, so my mom luckily was able to fly out and be with me. And um, then I, it turns out I had caught the coronavirus, which is just a respiratory virus from, from my niece. And, um, then I couldn't fly back here because I wasn't deemed, you know, okay to fly for a while. Yeah. So I was on oxygen. I, that was the first time in my life that I got put on oxygen mm. and have remained on it since. Um, yeah. And so eventually got cleared to fly back and got um, influenza the day after I got back. What? In Iowa City. And so... <laughs> Then I got um, even sicker, and luckily somehow I stayed out of the hospital, although it was another close yeah. one, but they were like, you just got out of the hospital in Denver. We don't, 
It's there's also with the benefits of going to the hospital, there's risks. And what I mean by that is like, for instance, I'm very resistant to many antibiotics. So like yeah. the more you use them, sometimes the more resistant you become. Yeah. So like they didn't want to th throw me back in on more antibiotics just to have them not work, you know? Right. So, um, so I've been on oxygen at night ever since then and just have not bounced back, you know? Yeah. And it's those things that I feel like are hard, like the unforeseen. Like there's, there's so many things the CF they tell you to expect, but then it's the things that they never told you about that yeah. kind of can haunt you, you know? Yeah. And, and I imagine like, even though you have <laughs> an intellectual knowledge of what to expect, it can still come as a surprise when it happens. Like these kind of bad milestones almost, I guess Abs it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, <clears throat> part of myself if I cough, but that's why I cough a lot too. Um, and so, yeah, and it's just, it's one of the, like you said, it's, it's one thing to understand it rationally and intellectually, but another to go through it. Yeah. And sometimes that's like, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I see my friends go through it and I'm like, I feel guilty that I haven't had to go through certain things that they have yeah. yet either. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that's very, very common is to have like some survivor's guilt too. Yeah. Like along with that, I've had a lot of friends with P with CF pass away. Yeah. Um, and that's been really hard, and many much younger than myself. Yeah. You know. What do you? I mean, I think I sent you this message like a while back, which yeah. is like, we all kind of grew up to together, and kind of um, are on the surface similar in that way, but here you are with something totally different, mm -hmm. and. Uh, like you said, kind of on the outside, it may not even appear that way. Right. Sometimes. Do you, I would imagine, I can't imagine, there has to be a roller coaster of emotions. That's such a bad, like, it's it's like too cliche to say, but like, you have to go up and down in terms of optimism and oh, yeah. like pessimism. Yes, um, but... And absolutely. And I think, you know, I have my own anxieties about it. And everybody has, I think, deals with some anxiety about something, you know, in yeah. their life. It absolutely is a roller coaster. But I feel like what I'm good at is knowing when to ask for some help. Yeah. And I do think a lot of people are really, I'm not saying I'm great. It's really hard. Uh -huh. But I, I've learned to like say, okay. Like, for example, we have a family reunion coming up this July mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here thinking, OK, I've got to figure out what I'm going to be able to do and what I'm not because mm -hmm. I don't want to miss out on too many things. But like so it's all a balance and like knowing yeah. when to ask for help. And but I also think um, I know when to ask for help from people. And but like even more than that, um, I'm trying to sorry, I'm just trying to figure out like how to say it. I think I've seen the death and I've seen um, what can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never forget my friend. And I think that keeps me going because I'll never forget my friend, um, Steph, before she passed away, she said one time you'll get, because this is what, you know, kind of had happened to her. And she and mm. I were sitting there talking and she said one time, Molly, you'll get, you know, the flu or you'll get something and it won't be the same. Yeah. And she wasn't trying to scare me. She was yeah. just trying to say like, watch out for that. And yeah. that's why you want to live every day to the fullest because one day, and I feel like that one day for me was Colorado. Really? Yeah. I, I have not bounced back since then. Now I'm not saying I'm like, you know, dying right now, but yeah. like, I feel like I'm slowly dying. Things are yeah. things are getting worse. And not to make this like depressing, it's not. I've led a beautiful no, life. I think it's fine if we. I, I want to talk about like. Yeah. It doesn't have to all be cheery. I want. I'm interested in both sides of it. Good. You, good. You good. experience the both sides like in a way that the rest <coughs> of us don't. Like. Sure. I don't know. So I I'm so interested in your perspective that way. So like, <laughs> I don't care if we talk about, about the, the darkness death part. Okay, yeah, okay. it's fine. Yeah. And like, just kind of because that is. Part of it. It's part of it. It's well, something that's, that's on your mind that's not on our minds as much. Much, right. right? You and so you have an interesting perspective because you have to face it. 
Sure, sure. And we're all trying to deny it. <laughs> yeah. You have to face it. Hey, I have my days of denial. But yeah. um, but I think it's like, it's what keeps me going. Like, for instance, my nephew was here this weekend and my niece was here. And I they're um, six and nine. And I want to think, oh, I just want to lay in bed and watch Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. I'm so tired. Yeah. But then I think, but you've already had your flu or your, you know, your... Virus. I've had that moment. You've got to make the most of this. And so, you know, whether it's getting up for an hour to play Uno with them or whatever it is, like, and and enjoying it and making goofy faces at them. And like, I mean, because, and I get scared to leave them. That's the biggest part about death that I'm afraid of. I don't think that I'm going to like, I'm not scared of it hurting I mean, obviously, like, you know, the unpleasantness, they'll make me comfortable. Uh But, like, it's leaving the people behind that I think is the hardest. Because what I've been able to come to the realization of is no matter how much, how many times I get up to play Uno and how much time we spend with our loved ones, it's really never, ever, ever going to be enough. Yeah. It's not, no matter how hard you try. And I'm I'm sorry to tell you, yeah. we're just never going to have enough time with those people that we really want to. So I guess I just try to make the most of it yeah. while I can. And that is the part that does scare me, is just saying goodbye to like my nieces and nephews and things like that. But they also keep me going, and they're like my reason for fighting so yeah. hard. So... I don't know if that really answers any questions, but I think we'll all come to a time where we'll be ready to go. Like, okay, death is the next, like, lot, you know, or unless you, you know, are, like, tragically, like, taken from this world in an Mm -hmm. accident or something like that. I think you do. When you're dying from an illness, I do think you reach a point where you're like, okay, I can't like live this life anymore. Yeah. You know, death is the next step. Yeah. Particularly I imagine with a CF that's degenerative in that way. Yeah, There'll absolutely. Be a point where it's like it feels like less work, I guess. Is that is that Yeah, it, yeah. I think yeah, you less get struggle. too much pain in yeah. the trying to live is a good sign to me that like and not having any quality of life. You know, I still yeah. have great quality of life. Yeah. And that's what I think I have going for me. And the reason I have great quality of life is by doing these things like this writer's group. Yeah. Or I'm also involved in this group that um, is for, it's like mindful meditation for the chronically ill. Oh. And there's like, I don't know if you knew about that. Uh-huh. There's like um, five of us in the group. Yeah. And like, you know, two guys and three of us girls. And um, it's like we range, again, it's like the writer's group. We range in age and like profession and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And um, we just, we talk about like, I really think like, I'm not like Buddhist or anything like that, but I really think meditation and that is very important. Yeah. And, like, I I'm try- so interested in meditation. I do it sporadically, but not, yeah. I can't ever get myself What do you to do? do? How do you do it? Like, do you do like... Um, I, I have like some, uh, app. Yeah. Well, I I have an app I never use, but (laughs) okay. We won't say what that one is. No, no. Only because of my inconsistency. (laughs) So like I'm enamored with the idea of it and I like it when I do it and I do it rarely. Yeah. And every day I'm like, I should. It's hard. Nearly every day I say people think it's like (laughs) about being Zen and it's like, you're all calm. It's hard to meditate. Yeah. Like you have to, and to bring yourself to the present. And I just think that is what mindfulness meditation is about. And uh-huh. um, that's what I try to do is like just when I'm not think too much about the future, not dwell on the past, you know, yeah. just be like right here with you right now in this interview. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard. So I'm not saying it's easy, but it's it's things like that that like really make my quality of life exceptional. Yeah, I imagine I could really see how And like I think you. I have sorry, I totally just cut you off That's there cuz I was saying a short sentence. <laughs> <laughs> um but I was going to say um I think I have an advantage over like some people my age because uh-huh. I can I'm not working because of my health. Uh-huh. So I can do these extra like extra yeah. curricular activities uh-huh. that allow me to like 
see another side of life than pe- most 36-year-olds. Yeah, right. Wait, so what's this group, though? So, <laughs> so you have a group. So we, mindfulness. yeah, so we, how we kind of got together was the, at the University of Iowa hospitals where I'm seeing, uh-huh. they have this mindfulness course and I took it and like, it was just like mindfulness meditation for anxiety. Yeah. So I decided to like take, oh, and for illness. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm taking that. Yeah. I took it and the director said there's a guy starting like kind of a more private group for like a continuation, but more just to do with those that are chronically ill. Yeah. And I emailed him and said, could I, you know, join and told him about myself. And the next thing I know, it was meeting with the group and yeah. I was the last one to join. Yeah. So, and we like, we try to keep it kind of small because so we have enough time to share and talk and like, we, yeah. you know, we Wait, take so you turns. talk, but then do you, we talk and we meditate. So yeah. what we do is like, we'll meet every two weeks. Like I meet tonight. Uh-huh. So, um, what will happen is we meet usually like at the library in Corville or wherever, you know, uh-huh. and, um, we take different, we take turns leading. So tonight, whoever's turn it is to lead, which it might be mine and I may have forgotten. Um, <laughs> so we'll come up with something. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. It's not my turn to lead. But um, we'll start off meditating. Yeah. And then we'll do like a, someone will play usually from an app, like uh-huh. a 15 minute meditation. Yeah, or kind of leads you. Yeah, yeah it kind of leads great. you. And then um, we just talk about it and we'll give like yeah. updates on our health to like first just like say yeah so people have a you know so it's pertinent to what we're talking about like here's what's going on with me so um it's really great like it i don't know i don't understand like how it helps but somehow it does yeah and somehow like even like and i would like to credit some of it to like mindfulness you know and Uh being like mindful of things i don't know though like they do have a lot of studies and science shows that it can help with like pain and um, sleep and all that depression, yeah. you know, all yeah. of that that goes with illness. Um, but yeah, so I do huh. that group as well. So you have a writing group, a mindfulness meditation group. Yeah. I've, and are you saying there's another one? Well, I will tell you that I did. Um, I do. Well, up until Colorado, we'll just uh, call it the Colorado trip. Yeah, yeah. Up until this recent Colorado trip. <clears throat> Um, I worked for and then interned for um, RVAP in Iowa City, which is the Rape Victim Advocacy Program. Okay. And love doing that. Yeah. And I had to quit working there. So that was a couple years ago that I was paid to work there. Yeah. And then um, the role I was in got defunded. Uh, So then I started doing some interning and then I had to stop because of my health. But I will say like, helping people too. There's something to that uh-huh. because so what the, what RVAP does is like help anybody, whether you're like a survivor or a friend of a survivor of anyone affected by sexual violence. Uh-huh. And um, so I feel like I had a place there and the people, like everybody that worked there made me feel so welcome. Yeah. And like, even though like in the end I was just interning, I wasn't getting paid, you know, yeah. like stuff like that. It was, it was amazing. And like, yeah. I do think helping people like plays a role in your own well being as well, at least for me, uh-huh. I'm not saying, whoops, I might've just tapped the mic <laughs> there. <laughs> at least for me. Yeah. It's not like, you know, that doesn't mean that's everybody's course, but for yeah. me it is. And someone else I talked to before says that like helping in helping in fields related to where you've been hurt or affected by is super meaningful. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, and I wasn't like I absolutely agree. Uh, that's a really wise person who told you that. Yeah. You know? I wasn't um necessarily like you know, planning to talk about this, but I can certainly feel comfortable sharing that I was sexually assaulted when I was in college. Uh And um, I don't know if you knew that, but, you know, your parents were very instrumental in being there for me and, like, attending the the court proceedings. Mm. And um, that is how I, like, I was, like, so 
after that happened, which was devastating, you know, yeah. I had a, the friend who went with me to the ER the night that that happened, mm-hmm. we would go to take back the night, which is like a rally, like every yeah. year annually, you know? I've heard of it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so mm-hmm. where you like go and stand up for those that have survived any kind of sexual violence and you literally like take back the night. And so, um, I saw RVAP there and I was like, I'm going to do something with them one day. Yeah. I know. I just have to. Yeah. And then I made it happen. So like, and one year I just went up to them and I'm like, I'm Molly. I want to <laughs> work for you. Like, yeah. And then I just volunteered and then I got paid to work there and then I went to interning. So I've had yeah. a lot of different roles, but it's been great. And I'm, you know, the only... The only sad thing is that I can no longer do it. But the yeah. the great thing is that like I conquered like a dream of mine doing yeah. that. All right, the Mid Show sponsors. Welcome to the Mid Show sponsors. Old Missouri Bank is always there to help you make something right here in Springfield. It's your locally owned community bank for futures made brighter, banking made better. Visit oldmissouribank.com for more information about how we can help you go for it from right here. It's also brought to you by the E-Factory. The E-Factory works with entrepreneurs, business leaders, startups, and creators to help make Springfield, Missouri the best place in America to start a business. So whether your company is still just a dream or in the thick of starting and growing your venture, or you're interested in meeting the people behind Springfield's amazing small businesses, the E-Factory is where you want to be. When you're ready to make something, they're ready to help. Let's get back into the conversation with Molly Baker. So working at RVAP is where we were kind of talking about. And yeah. um, like I said, I feel like illness sometimes can deplete you from like conquering those things that you yeah. want to conquer and, and living out those dreams. But this was an instance where that did not happen. And I'll always like have a place in my heart for RVAP. Yeah. And I think they will for me too. Yeah. So how? Um, what were some of the... Do you have any like proud moments working there or like just general? Well, because like, I imagine you were able to help people who had been in a similar situation that has to be super meaningful. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing that's meaningful is going and being with someone during their like uh, so sometimes what we do is accompany someone to the hospital yeah and when they have to like you know perform a rape kit or things like that they'll call you like they'll call us up and need an advocate and so what was meaningful for me is being able to go there a lot of the time and this is very common like Mm -hmm. someone may want to ask um has this ever happened to you? Like a, a survivor may want to yeah. ask that. You don't know what I'm going through. Has this ever happened to you? Yeah. We're not really supposed to answer that just because it's they want we want the focus to be on helping right. them, not on our own histories. Yeah. But one thing I did, like just having gone through it, and every case is so different, but but so similar too. Yeah. And just like having gone through it myself, I know I felt like comforted being I knew. I felt very confident and comforting that person knowing I was in their shoes once, you know, and now look where I was. Like I was not the like quote unquote Uh victim anymore. I was helping people in that position. So it's extremely empowering like to go from having your power and choice taken away to, um, to helping people regain that control is, Uh uh-huh very empowering yeah i don't know how like what other word to give it it's just an extreme i was extremely lucky to be able to do that and um it sounds like it's empowering to you and to the yeah and to the person exactly to the person going through it um and yeah i mean i had a lot of proud moments working there um some of my most proud like I don't think I can talk about like specific cases, but, but yeah, but some of my most proud would be like, I took some calls in Spanish sometimes because I uh, got my degree in Spanish um, from the university of Iowa. So like I would take, and that was a big need. That was an area where we had a great need was for people to be able to take calls in other languages. And And they don't know when they call necessarily. Right. It will be someone. Absolutely. That's a good point to bring up. And sometimes like, you can call like a language service to help translate. But sometimes they don't 
have the time for that. Like they oh. don't have the opportunity. If you yeah. think about a person in a da- potentially dangerous situation, they may not have yeah. the time to sit on a call while you let me get, you know, OPI on the phone to like help yeah. translate this call. Yeah. Like they may not have that chance. So um, to be able to help someone that needed it right then and there was very, you know, fulfilling. Yeah. Um, and then last year there was the RVAP um, gala and mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. I had worked, when I had gotten paid to work there, I worked at the Iowa Sexual Abuse Hotline part mm-hmm. of it. And we all got honored. And I would say yeah. that was another like proud yeah. moment um, because, and while I, it's funny, like while I worked in for the Iowa Sexual Abuse Hotline, we did mostly like um, hotline calls and not yeah. in person, but later I did more in person okay. um, advocacy. And I would say like, they're both different, but equally as meaningful. So it yeah. was, it's really hard though to like, establish a very critical connection with someone over the phone without being person to person, like face to face and like get them to not get them, but you hope they trust you to open up and, you know, to allow that healing process to be. It's hard to build trust over the phone. It is. It is hard. Like, you know, we don't. So, so what have you learned about healing in that? Um, let me take a drink. (laughs) I've learned that. What have I learned about healing? Learn that healing looks different for every person. Um, But that, you know, I I guess I would say a lot of like whoever told you that where you're hurt the most, if you in turn help someone in that, you know, that allows you and helps you to heal. I would completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's like the same as um, I also do mentoring um, for... I guess I'll just Something add else. this. I just <laughs> thought of it. I um for the the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is amazing and do great things. Yeah. And to you know, they have a mentor program where you basically sign up to be a mentor to other people with CF that like yeah. maybe going through any kind of transition. Yeah. And I've done that and I am still doing it and I've like gained a great friend through it and like so I mean and again, like it's just helping where I know I've needed help yeah. before, you know, in the past. And yeah. it, it just does, it does so much for a person. And um, I think there's probably some, like you said, that there's, <clears throat> I don't know, but it sounds like what you're saying also is that like part of that is like having that empowerment part of it. Yes. Where it kind of flips you being yes. welcome to someone helping. <laughs> In that the student scene. becomes the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I imagine it sounds like that's. Yeah, uh, you've part got of it. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so, so you have. This is why I think you're so fascinating. <laughs> oh gosh. You're the coolest of the Baker girls. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no doubt about it. But I mean, outside of just kind of like the individual personality stuff, but the, like you've kind of like, you face death in a way that the rest of us haven't and you face this like other fear like sexual assault oh my gosh and those two things you have in your life or have happened or are happening and um and the way you go through it is remarkable where the rest of us haven't gone through it and don't know how we'd handle it or like i don't know you you've had to face big fears head sure, on and you sure, did sure well thank you you're made up of something different than us i don't know <laughs> i don't know do you what i'm think, saying us i don't know do you think if you, you were, weren't defeated by it though you sure I, mean? I guess that's true maybe i don't give myself thing. enough credit maybe of course I you aren't because you're you yeah because everybody's the worst critic right yeah you wouldn't do that to, no to yourself generally we don't but like um those Similar life and circumstances, I imagine some people would just be like, I'm kind of shutting down. Yeah, that is. And again, like I have to attribute some of that to my support system, like your family, my family, you know. Yeah. Um, But there is something inside of me that's like bound and determined to live and squeeze every moment. I don't know if I was born with that or if I just have developed that through these some of these hardships and traumatic events that I've kind of gone through. Uh 
I imagine it's like a little mix of both, you know, something I was kind of, that was inherent, inherent in me and also grew stronger through going through traumatic events and like surviving those and, and figuring out I'm not going to give up. So how the heck can I get my life together now? You know, it's like these, um, fearful things haven't made you more fearful. Sure. It's gone the opposite direction for you. Yeah, a little bit. really cool. (laughs) Well, I mean, I kind of, though, think, like, if you were in the same position, you may find yourself in... Maybe. You might. Yeah. You know, I think we'd all fight for ourselves. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, you know, you don't know and... um, But you're going to be 36. (laughs) You're going to be 36 and uncommonly wise. Yeah, Usually that's people true. That's have true. your wisdom when I they're have, like I, 80 and they're like, I've been through some stuff. I know. I do. I do appreciate that. I really do. Um, that I'm 36 and have gone through it a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of gives me like a little, like, I don't want to say right, but a, a right to like say, I know I've been through hard things too, yeah. to another person and c- when connecting to it's another meaningful. person. Yeah. And that is meaningful, very meaningful. Um, you know, and, and I'm just someone that hasn't always had it easy, but for some reason it's still worked out for me. <laughs> yeah. For some reason. I mean, like, yeah. 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 I mean, no, no. one, no one will say like, Ah, you should admire me. Right. I'm worthy of admiration. But sure. I'll say it to you. I mean, I, well, I really admire you. you. And like, thank you. it was like when I sent you that message where I was like, oh, Molly's had a similar life, but very different. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, and um, I've had like amazing opportunity. Like sometimes I think when I think about my CF and I think about these life altering events, I'm like, yeah, I owe it everything because Maybe I, I don't think I'd want a different life. Yeah. I don't want to be sick and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Uh-huh. But honestly, would I be this way without it? I'm not sure. And I like who I am. Yeah. I guess yeah. I can say that. I'll give you that. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'll great. I'll give you that. But what has it grown in you? Because I imagine people that go through hard things, it grows compassion and like Absolutely. kind of that experiential sort of stuff. I think some of what it's grown in me is honestly like, I can be compassionate and empathetic to a point that like is beyond what, uh, like Uh as my um, spouse will say, like you are, you feel things so strongly and you're so emotional, you Uh know? And so um, I think that's what it's like fostered inside of me. Um, But what I was going to say is it's also like, an appreciation and gratitude, you know? Yeah. Um, gratitude for this, like, time, like, with you being yeah. on a podcast. Like, yeah. maybe I wouldn't have been on a podcast other than, you know, in another yeah. life. Um, gratitude for, like, I also got to, like, make a wish when I was younger and I got to meet Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you know, maybe I wouldn't have met my future husband. Uh-huh. Uh had I not your future husband Leonardo DiCaprio yeah Yeah. yes of course I'm referring to him (laughs) and my current spouse knows of this and he's okay with it he's fine with it he's fine with it so Leo if you're listening I'm still alive I know you probably thought I wasn't (laughs) (laughs) you're like wait what he'll be like oh my god I still have that poem she wrote me in my wallet I gotta find this girl I think I ended that poem I wrote him with Something that rhymes with sun, or I said the sun because I had gotten burnt in California when I went to meet him. And then I said, and if you ever come to Iowa City, remember Molly Baker equals fun. (laughs) (laughs) So I think he's, you know, he stuffed that poem in his wallet. I think he's probably still got it. We can't hear him right now, but he's telling his plane (laughs) chauffeur to fire up the jet. (laughs) Let's go to Iowa City. Going to Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So, I mean, like things like that. And, you know, honestly, like I got to meet some great, that led to other things. And it's been this whole whirlwind. Like I got, I did some volunteering for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Mm -hmm. And as I said, like prior, you know, to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Um, But like for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, I think one year I dressed up as like a 
in this Renaissance clothing with an elf costume and like tap dance down downtown Iowa City yeah. <laughs> around Christmas time. Like, so I'm like, these are the things that I would not have seen otherwise. Yeah, that right. <laughs> have been so great. If only I had like film of that. Gosh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, so we talk about how you're like have a wisdom of an older person. Like, I also love talking to older people. Yes. And saying like, saying like to them, hey, I'm in the, middle of my life, the middle of my career, uh, raising kids. Um, I feel like I'm just rushing around a lot. I, I like asking them, like, what should I be Focused spending on time doing. on, focusing yeah. time on? Uh, but what do you say to that, you uncommonly of, wise person? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I would say is really, like, honestly, Jeff, because I see you and God, I love you. You're hilarious. You're, you know, I grew up with you. Um, I would tell you to keep loving yourself as much as you can. Oh. And I would tell you to hold those around you dearly and yeah. closely. Yeah. But keep up the good work is mainly <laughs> what I tell you. I don't think there's like a recipe. I think it's... Yeah. But I honestly think it's very important to love yourself first, you know. And okay, so what do you mean by that? Because I agree with it. Yeah. And I have a hard time doing it. I have a hard time doing it too. <laughs> like, believe me, I was like, to my spouse, I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this podcast. I'm not that interesting. How yeah. the heck? Like, no yeah. one's going to want to listen. So I think loving yourself means accepting. Like, for example, I have like, you know, gained weight from being on so much insulin. And that's uh -huh. not common for CF. So like, mm. and I don't necessarily love that. You know, yeah. what girl in her 30s would love that? Right, right. Like, what, who, anyone wouldn't love yeah. that. Um, like, things like that. I don't feel good all the time. You know, things like that. But I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're talking about loving yourself. Still, yeah, but I'm... You're saying there... I I'm think you're still, saying there are these things. I still am coming out of that each day thinking... But I did this. I hugged my nephew. I did the interview yeah. when I didn't feel like doing it, you know. Yeah. And you have to find reasons to love yourself. I guess I've done the flip side where I've been excruciatingly hard on myself. Yeah. And it didn't do me any favors. Yeah. And I've changed and grown into loving myself, and it's helped immensely. Yeah. Like, if, if I could just give you and my own self, like, if you could give your own self the compassion and empathy that, like you say, I've fostered, uh -huh. you know, like yeah. that would do you a whole lot of good. And then in turn, yeah. from loving yourself that much, and I'm not, I'm talking something way different from being like, you know, egocentric totally. and like selfish. Totally, yeah. Um, and I think everybody gets that. But in turn, when you love yourself so much, mm -hmm. the people around you will feel it and you will treat them better you'll, you know, so yeah. it's like it a, emanates. yeah. And then kind of multiplies. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think love hard, like love with all of your, without restraint. Yeah. That's what I think I would tell you. That's wonderful. So, so this is, so you understand better why I wanted to have you on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, um, like I said, to start it, like it is kind of this make something where you are idea, but like, I'm not, as concerned with it being a location, like sure. make something where you are in Iowa City or something. Totally, but I like, get what you mean. Where um, you are in life, or in where you are in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like your whatever life circumstances you have, and you epitomize that <coughs> with like, uh, I don't feel very good most days, and I generally probably feel worse than I did last year. Mm -hmm. But you're still like going after stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I I have to like. There's just. And maybe it's like a, there's a little bit of like a um, spiritualness to me. And I don't want to get too spiritual, but yeah. like the people I've lost, you know, I need to do them justice too with my life. Like they've, yeah. they've gone before, like I mentioned, had mm -hmm. a lot of people go before they were 36. And yeah. I owe it to them. And just like I said, from loving myself, I owe it to myself to live the best life I can live and yeah. to live it to the fullest. Yeah. Let's end with that. 
That's a good way to end. Let's do. This has been great. It worked, right? Yeah. This was worth it? Yeah, so <laughs> worth it. Thank you. Inspiring, right? I, that's the right word, right? Inspiring. I enjoyed that conversation with Molly a lot. Isn't it interesting that you're childhood friends to then have adult conversations with them and you're like oh you aren't six anymore all right make something where you are as audio engineer is colton jackson also podcast music provided by darren king this is jeff houghton in the make something city springfield missouri reminding you that you can make something where you are